When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The standings are reset. Everyone's on an even playing field. How quickly are the Flyers going to be knocked out of the playoffs? Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 125 of Orange and Backcheck, the official 2022-2023 season preview from our perspectives as Scott and Bill. Uh, obviously, Scott is more buoyant on the team, I guess you could say, in an interesting vocabulary Wait, what, choice. What word? I'm not sure what you were going for there. <laughs> I'm a little more upbeat about the team than you are. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Let's try to keep it simple. Let's not try to go words out of you know most people's vocabularies, <laughs> Bill. But yeah, I think I I think it's pretty obvious the way we both view this team and uh, how they're going to do this year. I just think that this is a season where you figure out what Tortorella can uh, teach and get across to the not just. Uh, young players that are still in their second first or, or rookie seasons um obviously we're from the uh, minor league levels and all, down because that's a trickle down effect but also just the the expected leaders they're not officially naming a captain Kevin Hayes uh, if you've watched episode 3 of the standard on their YouTube channel which is kind of like a behind the scenes feature um for their training camp uh, brought some interesting insight on how he views his leadership skills and just communicating. So I think there's a lot of voices and leaders uh, in this locker room with no set captaincy uh, under Tortorello because of how he views the culture inside the locker room. So I, I think this is just going to be a season of what can Torts get out of them and what can you build for 2023-2024. This is not going to be... This is going to be a fun season in what you make of it, really. Like, that's really all I can think of, or really how I can see it. I don't know how, you, how I know you're a little bit more upbeat on how this season's going to go, but still. Well, here's how I look at it right now. When you talk about, you know, the captaincy, it's like that scene in Captain Phillips where the guy gets on the ship and it goes, I'm the captain now. You know, the, I'm the captain. That's what Tortorella's doing. Without right the now. death and the destruction of the kidnapping. I mean, at the, essentially, the franchise is going through that. So, I mean, like, I think that's what Tortorella. If you want to take any. That's a great reference, by the way, because think about it. If, if there was a, literally a sinking ship or whatever, and Captain Phillips, and it's being overtaken by a guy like Tortorella, who's the, the pirate in that case. Um, and, and, and changing things up on how things run on that on that thing. Um, it it, it kind of makes sense. 
for some people. It probably went over yeah. most people's heads. Or it's fine. like if you're the, the or if you're the Captain Smith of the the Titanic and you're just gonna go down with the ship. Mm. Like that's really like you just can't keep playing the violins as people run around the deck like crazy. The problem is I think yeah. there'd be more people in the and that are, that were on the Titanic than will be in attendance for for the first couple games of the season. Um, probably. Anyhow. I think I actually to, not to go off a tangent on what we see as a team, but I think this is going to be a very like Philadelphia Phillies uh, effect. Like no one's going to attend the stadium, the games unless um, they are in the playoffs, because Correct. even if they somehow uh, manage to become quote unquote playoff contenders and make the playoffs or like are contending in February, uh, March, that kind of thing, the, the attendance is still going to be subpar even worse than what you want of it for a, a contending playoff team because that's what the Philadelphia Phillies went through and they're really not only going to have a sellout until this coming week when they are against the Atlanta Braves like it's going to be that kind of situation that I think sh- should be expected of, of for the Flyers correct and and I think with the overall people aren't up on this team they they I think everybody has the feeling this team is going to be you know, in in the lottery pick and for Connor Bedard and all that, we've we've said that a couple episodes so far. I'm on me building the team because I think if they get Couturier back, this team can be better than people think. I've been maintaining that all along. I don't care. I'm okay, listen. I'm gonna stick by my word until I'm proven wrong because that's what I believe in. I, I'm not one of these guys here who are just gonna be like, oh yeah, this happened. Oh, they're gonna be no place. No, I'll stick with it, and they they can prove me wrong. With this team though, where they're at. Is that I'm really ex- actually as crazy as it sounds. I'm excited to kind of see the first couple weeks of the season because I want to see how Tortorella goes about coaching this group and what he has to say about them after the games and what do they have to do and you know hold these guys' feet to the fire a little bit and if they're not playing up the snuff, that would be the case. You know, Kevin Hayes is taking on a, a bigger leadership role. You can see that. You know, Torts is definitely pushing him. He said in his opening con- press conference, "There's more there." You see, Kevin Hayes in episode three of the Standard. You know, giving lip to, you know, Cam York, who got sent down. He kind of guessed some of the reasons why. Just didn't need to be doing what he was doing. But, I, I look, it, it. I don't care that nobody has the C on their jersey. Right now, it is John Tortorella's ship, and he's got to figure out more important things rather than, you know, who's going to get the C. There's enough leadership in that locker room. Part of this, too, is not just giving the C to some guy who's been around for a while. It's, it's kind of pushing some of these younger guys to get into leadership roles as well. Travis Konechny, Ivan Provorov, Joel Farabee, you know, Scott Lawton. Those guys need to be pushed to, you know, if they're, if, if this team's going to, things going to be successful, they're the ones who are really going to have to push into that leadership role. And, and, and that's, that's, I think the biggest thing of why he's not naming captain because he wants other guys to step up first. Well, there is no captain. In the sense of like, there's no clear because of how distraught the 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 culture is and the locker room is at this point. Like, look, I already have made it clear in past episodes, probably last week, the week before, whatever it was, where I said you were claiming that the culture is rotted, but for the most part, we brought everyone back. So, which makes no sense on the on the face of it. But if you bring in a culture shock like a guy like John Tortorella, maybe it can alter something. I personally don't think that's what the the overall fix will be. I think Tortorella is a nice fix, a nice uh, piece to that fixing or to the repair. I don't think it's the complete thing. I think it's something down the line, whether that is um, blowing up shop in, in trading Ivan Provorov, who's who's been in that conversation the last couple of, of years here, um, especially last year when things started to pick up on his 
uh, really mentality of the game. So, look, it's not shocking to me there's no C, and it's kind of like throwing yourself in the deep end, honestly. It's figuring out who's going to swim and who's going to sink under the tutelage of John Tortorella because, look, as much as we criticize what Tortorella was or is as a coach— He's the perfect embodiment of Philadelphia Flyers hockey. Like that's really what this what this is. Now I I listened to the podcast uh, with Steve Dangle and he kind of he I think he said the exact same thing. So I'm not gonna uh, sugarcoat and say I, it's an original thought by me. It's not. But like he really is the perfect model for Philadelphia Flyers hockey. The problem is, do you have the right players? Like at the end of the day. We say we want to play the kids. We don't want to like hamstring ourselves to these just because you're you're contractually obligated or have these bloated contracts with the Tony D'Angelo's of the world, whatever it is, and, and you just see where it goes to uh, with Nick Delorier. Then you send down a guy like Cam York, and you're not going to play that kid. Look, Cam York did not have a good training camp or a good preseason. I think we can all agree to that. But at the same time, when you're trying to change the culture, I think it helps him by staying in the locker room in Philadelphia uh, and just kind of work it out. Because whether Cam York is in Anaheim, (laughs) is in Lehigh Valley, or in Philadelphia, the team is going to be crappy no matter what. I can't be convinced that Nick Sealer is a better option at the moment than Cam York, despite the problems we've seen from Cam York. I don't think it on ice talent matters. And Tortorella has said that as much when they sent him down last week. It's not about the on ice talent. We know the kid can play. We know that. He knows the kid can play. The problem is it's the little things. It's the mental part of the game. It's the accountability factor. They did everything right by sending him down. If he's not, you, this is the problem with this team. You have guys who come in here before they're really ready because, oh, you know what, he can help us now. Like, he's not really ready yet, but we're going to push him a little bit. That's that's the reason why, like, for instance, Hextall lost his job. You know what I mean? Part of it was, too, is that pushing some of these guys before they were really ready. He was preaching it that, you know, like, oh, they need to develop, develop, develop. If Yes, he came in and he played decently last year. But if he didn't play well enough, I don't want to blame a new coach for saying, no, dude, I'm not playing you. You've earned nothing. You've earned nothing. You've earned nothing. And I, that's that's the accountability factor. And that's what needs to happen in this locker room is that people need to know that it's not just going to be handed to you. You need to work for it. You need to, you need to do the right things. And he'll get and, – and, and, and Tortorella has praised the AHL and the importance of the AHL because he's going to go down there and he's going to – get a lot of opportunities. He's going to be seeing a lot of top line pairs. He's going to be on the top D. He's going to be seeing the highest talent down there available. Here's the kicker too, which people don't understand. You're, you're not in any rush with Cam York. I mean, he's, he's what, 22 years old. He's he 21, 22 years old. He's still a kid. And, that, and don't forget too. He is also not going to develop as well. If you're using him for seven, eight minutes a game, rather alone than 20 down in the AHL. Yes, the talent's different, but you get to work on the little things of the game. You'll you'll be able to get the mental aspects out, learn the pace. How do they want you to play? Like, how do they break out? What are you noticing? Like, you know, picking up the little pieces of the game that's very hard to explain, building on your hockey sense. All those little things can happen at a slower pace down in the AHL rather than try to have a kid who say, hey, you like, he's going to be an important piece one of these days for them. And Tortorella has said that. He's going to be an important piece for this team. But not right now, not on the third pairing. 
I'd rather have a guy in the AHL getting 20 minutes a night and really getting that experience down there and learning from his mistakes and the things he does well down in the AHL with 20 minutes a night rather than seven, eight minutes a night on the NHL ice where every every mistake is going to be magnified because you're playing less minutes and you're not going to be able to make as much and you're really just, you know, you can't get into a group. This gives him an opportunity to really do that and that way when it's time for him to come up, It'll start playing well. And, and even Chris Terrian recently said um, on, on uh, I believe it was Crossing Broad, that it happened to him. He didn't play well, won for a while. He went down, he came back up, and then he never went back down again because it was a life lesson for him. And and, and, some, and so he was in favor for it too. And, uh, and, that, and part of that reason is I agree with that because it's the right coaching move. It's the move to coach. It's not about now. It's about setting him up for success for the next 10 years. And that's what you're doing with this move. And I will say, like, one of the good things about what this system is, is Ian LaPerriere, who coached the behind the bench for the first couple of preseason games at the a- at the NHL level, who's now going to be the, the the guy in Lehigh, like, he is spitting whatever uh, Tortorella is preaching. Like, he's, re- he's mirroring that down in the AHL level to reciprocate and get these guys ready like the cam yorks like the uh whoever it may be i mean farabee's gonna have his stint probably i mean he might be ready for opening night it says he's cleared for contact we'll see if he gets a stint i don't know what what that's gonna be in terms of a rehab but either way like it's a good thing that at least he's getting reciprocating exactly what he would get in the nhl i just think those eight to ten minutes look i don't think it's gonna be life-changing I think it just it comes down to who's more valuable to the franchise in five years Cam York or Nick Nick Sealer and the obvious answer is Cam York and I'm just I I don't want to it really comes down to me not just what I just don't want to watch Sealer at the NHL I don't level. think like, anybody does be, but he earned it he earned it Cam York did I guess not so earn it. like so good for him like a, a golf clap for Nick Sealer but like for the fans, that does that doesn't give you anything. That doesn't that gives you a guy that that Chuck Fletcher likes and just wanted to bring into the system. Okay, so to, to counter your point there, does does it really matter? Road to respect, does it really matter what the fans think right now? Does it really matter? Oh, of course not. Nobody's no, going to go uh, watch well, him anyway. Well, hold on. Uh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to uh, put an addendum to that. It does because there is a. Because of the brokenness between the fan base and the organization. Yeah, but you're not going right to fix that just by bringing up Cam York. I'm not saying that, but you have to like. There's there's certain points, pressure points that you have to do correctly, and trying to convince us that you're going to play the kids while you also simultaneously send them down or one of the more popular ones because I think Cam York became a fan favorite at the end of last year, especially, um, is disappointing to say the least. Like that's what I think it comes down to. However. No, you're not going to base your entire franchise's perspective and, and direction on what the fan base is. Because at the end of the day, your direction of the franchise should already be in simul- in lockstep. Not lockstep, but but just like the fan base should go in lockstep with the direction of your franchise if you're a well-run franchise. And right now, that's not the Flyers. That's the problem. Like, like obviously, we understand as fans and as podcasters and media reporters— we don't dictate where they're going to go. We just go along with it and hope for the best. And good organizations understand that and keep the fans at an arm's length, I guess, is how I would describe it. Like, they don't um, involve them in decision-making, obviously, but they 
in they have good PR ways to like make you feel involved. Does that make sense? Like okay. it's just one of those things. I, I I think you're starting to sugarcoat it here a little bit, but you you I don't think you I need to. Yeah, but okay, I understand you have to look at it from the fan perspective. We need to get asses and seats, but it, I think. If anybody doesn't realize that arena is going to be empty for the most part of the year until they actually prove something, then they're sorely mistaken. I mean, that, that arena is going to be it's going to be it's going to be blue shirts when Ranger fans come down. It's going to yeah, this is what be red. Yeah, it's going to be rain, red with the Devils fans and 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 blue and green and blue and orange with the Islanders fans. You know, all those teams are, and and Capitals fans if they're, you know, if they're not sparsed out, they'll they'll come up. I think you'll get the five New Jersey Devil fans in the stadium, but still it'll be letting more than the Flyers fans it seems like. But in all seriousness, that that's the thing. That's why I don't think having Cam York down in place of Nick Sealer, I don't think anyone really gives a damn. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm diehards people are a casual fan. They're going to be too invested in the Phillies. They're going to be too invested in the Eagles. And when the Sixers start, this team is fourth on the totem pole until they start showing people that they can win. Now, if they start surprising people, then you know right well people are like, oh, man, the Flyers, man, they're looking pretty good. Like, oh, man, I, you know, they, they've done really well. Like, i got to start tuning in again. That's when it'll matter. But right now, if you're starting game one or whatever until Cam York's ready, you go with Nick Sealer. Why not? It's 82 games. It doesn't matter if he's here for game one or here in game 20. You know, it, it really doesn't matter. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm going against my prediction by saying a lot of this stuff, it seems. But I think the general consensus is that fans know they're, they're not stupid. Fans are smart. They know that Nick Sealer is not gonna is not as good as Cam York, but at the same time, I don't think people really care enough to really complain about it. So at the end of the day, send Cam York down because in two years, when this team is actually better and they actually start figuring this thing out, and guys like Cutter Gauthier are going to be up in the pros, and you get some more center depth and see what happens, you know, with your lineup the next two years here, that's when it's going to be really important for them. So you 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 know you take a step back to take two steps forward. So I I I looked into the over unders for this team. They obviously had what sixty one points last year out of eighty two, um, for the thirteenth pick, twelfth pick, whatever the hell it was. It doesn't matter to get Cutter. Uh, DraftKings has them at seventy three and a half points total for this upcoming season. That sounds high, but that is the Tortorella effect. Like that is strictly. In my eyes, then looking at John Torella, his coaching style, the talent on the ice that's there, yes, like you can't deny a fully healthy Couturier is one of the better, one of the best players in the NHL because he just came off of Selkie. He's always, he's almost always in the Selkie conversation. He just won it a couple years ago. Um, Kevin Hayes, he's one of the best second linemen we've talked about. Two lot, two centermen uh, that we that the front team has had in a number of years. Um, but yeah, I th the talent can be there. So seventy three and a half doesn't sound outrageous. I just, I, I that's it's tough for me to see. Like I would go under, but I think it's going to be in the. I think they'll be in the low seventies. I wouldn't touch this. I think this team is going to get close to eighty points. I, I think it's going to be higher than that. Honestly, I think that you know I still think that this team can make the playoffs. Eighty points is not going to get you there. But this is the Tortorella effect. Think about it this way. In 15-16, okay, the Blue Jackets started 0-7-0. They started they started the season with seven losses. They can Todd Richards. They bring in Torts. Torts, the remainder of the way, went 34-33-8. Okay, so that's 68 plus 8. That's 76 points. So 
that's with a brand new team. And that's without the first seven games of the season. So add in a seventh game. I don't think this team's going to go 0-7-0. Yeah, I think it can get across 80 points. The next season, they went 50-24-8. Like, that's a major, 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 major day. That's 16 wins. I mean, that's a huge difference. You know what that does, though? That takes you out of the Broussard uh conversation right, okay but that's that's not that's the second season that's not the first season the first season he was there he went 34 33 and 8 okay if 80 points is still the threshold i mean chances are you need like 90 points at minimum to have a shot at the playoffs teams are going to have over 100 points especially in this division yeah but still like if you're at 80 points that puts you what top Low top ten. Well, I mean, in the teens again. Still, I mean, for the dra- and I don't. I don't think that, it matters. That puts you again in no man's land. Well, they're not tanking. Like that. That's my point. Well, they're not tanking. I mean, Chicago's tanking. Like Buffalo. Buffalo has improved, but Buffalo, I still think, is going to have some issues here. Like they're not tanking. They're not that terrible. So like teams out west are not playing well. Like I, I, like San Jose. Like they don't have enough on the no, roster. No, but the, to but do the point I'm making, and what I think a lot of the Arizona. what I think a lot of the fan base is saying is like. Pick a lane like torts or excuse me. Uh, Chuck Fletcher doesn't know. I think he's in denial of what this team is because look, you're, you're not, you're not winning with this roster this year. You're probably not winning with this roster next year, maybe two years for 2024, 2025. But like I, 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 one side I can say like, well, you're already in the tank. You already lost the fan base. Why not just try and put up this mirage of trying to be competitive or you just strip it down and you're back being competitive in two years anyway. Like it, 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 the reason the process worked with the flop, with the Sixers is because everyone knew what they were doing. You knew you were tanking and going to crap for the next couple of years for the greater good or for the, to improve the roster of where you are. Chuck doesn't want to accept that. He doesn't want to accept that you are in no man's land where you're like you're you're stuck in a rock and a hard place where you're not bad enough to be in the top three picks and you're not good enough to be in the playoffs and be a serious playoff contender uh and you're just kind of waning in the in no man's land like that's that's where careers go to die it's where we discuss like drew's career is going to be misinterpreted for the for just about every year until we both die because of how he's perceived in philadelphia but like it's just one of those things where if you don't pick a lane, the fans will never take you seriously. And I think that's where we are. Because if you're getting 80 points, you're not getting a top three pick. You're not getting a top five pick. You're getting a 12 to 15. Okay, but then, and I and I know what you're saying. The, the, the Half the fan base wants to go after Connor Bedard, but there's still a segment of the hand, uh, fan base, probably very small, but people like myself were saying, there's enough talent on this, on this I get franchise. it, but, it, but again, an- it goes to the, the one... We don't matter. And two, your faction of fan fan thought is so small, it doesn't even matter tenfold. I'm not even talking. No, that's not my my point. I'm I'm looking at, you look at the organization as a whole. What are their weaknesses? What are their weaknesses? Everything. What's the, what's the. Communication, connection with the fan base, play on the ice. No, no, no. Like hockey upside, hockey hockey personnel. Scouting talent. weakness? Okay. That's where they have to start hitting. Have start hitting that is that they have to start developing this talent because they have talent. Tyson Forster has talent. Okay, Morgan Frost has talent. There's talent there. It's about getting the most out of what you have. You can't keep going in this perpetual cycle of getting average talent and not developing it because guess what? Tampa can do that. 
Okay, Carolina can do that. Florida can do that. You know, Florida went through this crap for a long time. And they stay, they made some bits and pieces changes here, and they're they're excellent now. So it's about developing the talent you have. And that's the key thing, is that you can't just go and bank it on one thing because if it, you were banking on one player to take you to the promised land, then Connor McDavid would have won the Stanley Cup every single season of his career. I mean, Sidney Crosby hasn't even done that. Sidney Crosby went like almost, what, he went like, what, eight years without sniffing the final after since winning in 09? They didn't, they didn't win until 16 or 2016 and they won it back-to-back. Okay, he's won three cups. But how many years has he been in the league? 17? So that's that's the point I'm trying to make here is that there is enough talent here in this roster. Tyson Forrester, you know, Who's younger guys like that. Cutter, correct. Okay, developing. Morgan Frost, you expect him to step up and play a bigger role this year. Travis Konechny, he's still a, vet, he's a veteran now. He's still a younger guy, though. You need to get more out of him. I've been saying that. Joe Farabee. Here's one we don't talk about a lot because of the injury. But he's the guy that they're going to be counting on going forward. Their weakest thing right now is not goaltending. It's not defense. It's center. So once they get the center squared away, and they have a pretty high center in uh, in Cutter Gauthier, who they're going to really be counting to to be anchoring that top line in a couple years. But when they get Couturier back, okay, they have Hayes, who regardless of what anybody says, he's a second-line center in the NHL. He's not a third line where people say he's a second-line center in the NHL. Couturier is your top guy. Center is where their weakness is at, and that's what killed this team. Is that when you don't have center depth, even at any level, you're in trouble. With, with this team here, they have enough there. They have to develop it. They have to get these younger guys to start hitting on them. Like Igor Zamula, Ronnie Adder, Cam York. Those are guys they have to develop and really start taking a better role and doing that. It's not so much this team has had issues of finding talent. The issue has been developing it and getting it good. And they have not done that well since before the Hextall era. So that's what this team needs to start doing. They need to start developing the town, not identifying it, developing it. That's why Tortorella's here. That's what they're expecting to do. And that's what the big key thing about this season is, is getting that younger group to learn how to play the game the right way. And that's where you make your strides at, and that's how you become a better team. So let's go over the opening, the projected opening night lineups. This is not the I'm like I, I <laughs> you just you just transition yeah, right I, off. They have nothing to say. We're that. Just going back and forth, and, and like it, it, it's it's a week four discussion of where we follow up on it. Like that's where I'm at with it. We've been we've been saying the same stuff. I mean, not the same stuff, but you know what I mean. Like we've we're dug in our. I'm I'm picking up what you're yeah, putting down. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh-huh. I'm catching what so you're throwing, Bill. So here are the projected lines for the, the for, for Thursday night against the Devils. Lawton, Hayes, Konechny, JVR, Frost, Allison, Farabee, Noah Cates, Owen Tippett, Nick Delorier, Lashinsky, Hodgson. Defense, Provi and, and D'Angelo, Sanheim and Ristolainen, who admittedly is, was probably your... Uh-oh. Did I lose Scott? I'll have to bring him back. Um, let's see if he's back. Hold on. Here we go. I'm going to leave this in the podcast going to annoy scott there he comes loading he's loading and he's back i'm leaving this in the podcast i don't care i I don't know what the hell just happened there it just disappeared i went back to the main screen uh i was saying that sandheim and ristolainen were actually like the two better uh was probably your best pairing last season they they played very well together after a couple of weeks got it together um, so they look really good. And then your third pair is Sealer and Braun, which is like, whatever. 
Like, I, I, if they play nine minutes, uh, it's fine. Like, yeah, Braun is actually better than you. What's that? All right, nine, ten minutes would be perfectly fine for them. Give the minutes to the top, the top, top six or top four, excuse me. And then the question of, I mean, say I know you put or er, er, uh, er, er, how do you say his name, Urson, Urson uh, on yeah, here. Samer, yeah. So projected is Hart and Sandstrom with Sandstrom backing up Hart for opening night. The more I thought about this, this is going to be a very telling moment in not just Chuck Fletcher's tenure here in Philadelphia, but like just the mindset of the team. And and that goes hand in hand with Fletcher, but still, um, this is the first time that Carter Hart will have a, a, a rookie backing him up, a very young talent, just like he is. I mean, we're talking about a, a guy in Hart that's what, 23, 24. And then Felix Antrim, who's had some, as you say, cup of coffee in the NHL, like got in a couple games here and there. This is a very interesting strategy going into this season. Um, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, obviously you were supposed to have Ivan Fedotov come over here, but he, I mean, he's in the Russian army delicately. now. Right. Putin's an asshole and like mm-hmm. completely screwed up, screwed us over. Um, and we, we don't, I don't even know where, if we know, I think he's in Siberia. I know we, he's in the military, but I've, either way, like it, we're not seeing Fedotov over here for, I believe it's two years, maybe one. I think it's two. This is going to be really interesting because if Carter Hart struggles, I don't know what that means because we we anticipated Hart to be really good and he bounced back from his struggles in 21 after uh, the bubble season when they did the shortened season when it started in January. And then he bounced back for last season, looked pretty good, suitable. I, I wouldn't say elite yet. Like We're still looking for that breakout year. I'm interested to see what his mindset is being backed up by a young guy because one, Sandstrom might be the guy. Like he's been playing well over in the Swedish league, and it's one of those things where if he's good, he's gonna get the playing time, especially under Torts. Like if you're if you're producing for Torts, you're getting more games. But right now, you're anticipating what fifty five games from Carter Hart at the level that he plays because you can't really do an even split. Not you're not gonna do forty one and forty one. But, like, you need Carter to handle a, the, a lot of these games. And that's the that's a really interesting question because Fletcher didn't re-sign Martin Jones. He didn't get a veteran backup like he has in the past. It's kind of like at the point where, okay, Carter, trial by fire. Fire. Good luck. I don't think it's trial by fire. You wouldn't have signed him to that extension last season. I think that two things. Well, first of all, you can't expect your your goal is to develop if you don't play him. And I put a lot of thought back into this. Hart has had problems with injuries and staying healthy at some points during his career. I mean, look, it's not that mean he's injury prone. It's just he has not eclipsed that 50-game mark yet. He's not done it. This is the year he needs to do that. I mean, you don't want, not that it's bad for Felix Sandstrom, because you want Sanderson to get development. Because if Carter Hart goes down for an extended period of time, you got to get the kid experience. You got you have to. He went through this with Ontario and Anamaki. That's really the last goal I can think of that 
he did something like this with. However, however, Carter's got to stay healthy and play 50 to 55 games, but you're going to get Sandstrom a really good look this season. The good thing is, is that him and Arson were kind of really neck and neck in, in this whole thing from everything you've seen. So it's not the huge drop off if they have to go to Arson at some point, if Sandstrom gets hurt again, but I don't think it's a problem. You want him to get about 25, 30 starts in the NHL Sandstrom and really get that experience at this level. I'm going to be curious if, because obviously this is also, unfortunately for Carter, for Carter Hart, um, he didn't get any playing time in the preseason. So it, when I say trial by fire, like obviously like you wouldn't give him, but he's also kind of being tossed into it unintentionally now because of not being able to play the preseason. So he's going to be playing Thursday night against the Devils, and I could see him struggling for the first 15, 20 minutes. I think it's just one of those things. Tortorella talked the other day about their practice that, you know, he's done. He he, he got he got volume. He's fine. Now, the thing is about Tortorella, which I really, really, really like, he's not sugarcoating about his goaltending knowledge. He goes to Kim DeLaval for everything. So they asked him about Sandstrom if he's going to be, you know, like if he looks like he's ready. And, and, and Tortorella flat said, like, I'm not a goalie. I, 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 don't, I don't play goalie. I go to Kim for that stuff. And I'm like, that's great because – Kim Dillavos is going to know Carter Hart what he can do with Sandstrom, Urson, and, and give him the the input that he needs. I think putting – it's not the worst thing they didn't get any preseason action because you're getting some competitive stuff in practice. Let him figure it out early. Let him get pepper early. Carter Hart, the more shots he faces, the better he plays. It's when those short games where he gets 17 to 20 shots where, you know, he can have rough ones there. I think that having him in there and starting for that first game, regardless of preseason action or not, He'll be just fine. He'll play like Carter Hart. Yeah, you might see like a little bit of a, you know, rough start in the first period. But at this point, he's a veteran. He, he is he is a veteran. So he's not he's not just some young kid anymore. He's got three seasons of NHL experience under him. So it's not like you're throwing a rookie in between the pipes like Carson Wentz in 2016. You know, like, hey, look, you're a rookie. We traded San Fran, but there you go. No, this is a guy who's done it before. He can come in and he can go from there. You're right, it might be a little bit of a rust thing early on, but it won't take him long to get back in the flow of it. I have no problem at all, but wouldn't be in there. Uh all right, so let's wrap let's wrap this up. I, I I think we're both on opposite ends on how we feel about this team this year. You have them over 73 and a half set by DraftKings. Uh I have them well not well under. Like I think they'll be high sixties, low seventies. I I think the torts effect will be there. But again, we're gonna be going through the process of we got to wait till Christmas to see what this team really is. Like that's, that's the problem here. And I know we have a couple of predictions on the lineup. We're going to bring in a special guest uh, here at, as we close things out. I think they land right at 70 points. I think that's the, that's the money line right there. I, like I would just take that. So you're taking the under, but you're still, you're feeling good. I think we're going to come out of this season, like feeling good for 23, 24. That's really all I can say. Like, I think there's going to be, an established leader, whether that's Hayes or a young guy, whatever it is. But I think a team leader is going to establish themselves and be the player coach that Tortorella can can count on. Not player coach, but you know what I mean. Like the the guy that Torts can get get can go to trust, whether that's Hayes, whether that's Cam Atkinson, whatever the kid who's recovering from injury. Like we he's obviously not in the lineup next uh on Thursday night. So like I'm curious how this all goes, but 
One thing I think, oh, and this is what I forgot to ask, and you can just say yes or no. Um, is Chuck Fletcher fired midseason? I think that is an interesting thing because if this team struggles and is dead last in Jan- by January in the Metropolitan, I think there's a chance. I think yeah. they just say, screw it. Yeah. It's not working. It, it's possible. I don't think we can speculate. Again, with prediction as far as that, I will say this. If the team doesn't show enough improvement after the season, then yes, I think that Chuck is really on the hot seat and, and, and out of here. Um, if they don't show improvement, the record may not improve by what some what people are saying. I still think this team can get to the playoffs. I just think as a wild card, they're going to shock people. Like you, like that's really I, I, what I, I, I do. I do. I, I do. I just, I'm not going to be one of these people to say, hey, before they even put their first puck drop, they're going to be, yeah, this team's not going to be good. Yeah, I might say that in some conversations that, hey, look, let's look at the reality of the situation. But at the same time, I'm like, I think there's enough here. There's enough development for this team. If they can get their scoring taken care of and they can get back Sean Couturier, I think this team has enough here in order to really make a push here. I think they're going to win games right now early in the season. They're going to be a lot of low-scoring games. They're going to they're going to focus on defense. They're going to be a lot of 2-1, 3-2. It looks like they're going to be struggling to score goals, which they could because they, they don't have that center depth up front. So they're going to be more focused on keeping pucks out of their net rather than scoring them. But... I do think if they can get Couturier back by Thanksgiving, I think that this team might have an opportunity here to really surprise some people going into the early calendar year of 2023 and make a push. And I, I really, I honestly believe that. I just think that there's enough there. Who knows? I think this team could still end up anywhere. They're nowhere near like the Rangers or the Penguins or the or the or the Hurricanes. So I think they're going to be top three in this division. Again, uh, Washington right there with them too. Washington and and um, and. Uh, um, the Penguins, I think, are going to be neck and neck for that third spot. It's really going to come down to the Rangers and Carolina. But I think this team has an opportunity here, depending on what happens in the Atlantic division, uh, of sneaking in. Because I think Boston's going to take a step back. I think Toronto, you know, Toronto, they're going to outscore everybody and then, you know, blow it in the first round again like they do every year. Um, <laughs> Tampa, Tampa's a question mark for me because they got to a really slow start last year. And they went to three finals in a row. You got to wonder how much there is in the tank with, with starting another one. Are they going to start off slow? I mean, they're going to be a good team. Always, they're always consistent. They have great goaltending and Andre Vasilevsky. They're going to be in the, in the race. But so they're definitely going to finish top three in their division. But you got to wonder how long before they actually start getting things going again. Um, so depending on what happens, that, and other than that, I don't think there's really anybody in the Atlantic who really impressed me. Ottawa, you might see a turnaround with them because of what they've done. With their roster construction. Um, but yet again, who knows? I mean, you've seen there where the people have loaded up and gone and got a lot of talent. The Devils did it a couple years ago. They had PK Subban. They had Jack Hughes in his first year. Decent goaltending. And they, and they couldn't they couldn't even get to the playoffs. So um, I will say, I, I don't want to cut you off, but like, I think the, there's a better chance that the Islanders rebound and make the playoffs than the Flyers. Like, I think the Islanders... Like, I think the Islanders were the, 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 I don't know what the deal was last year. They shocked a lot of people by not making the playoffs last year, especially under Barry Trotz, who's now obviously out of there. But like, yeah, I think they're, I think the Islanders have a better chance of making that wild card because I think they're going to be better. You might be right. But at the same time, look what happened when Barry Trotz came in after they lost John Tavares. They started playing together as a team and they shocked a lot of people. And guess where they went? Uh, the conference final. Um, so it's, uh, 
It's it's a, it's a pop. I'm sorry, they went to the second round that season. The following two seasons, they were in the conference final. So it, it's not it's not anything crazy. You have to see how it plays out. You really have to see how it plays out. Now, everybody thought that the Islanders would be the same boat the Flyers were now four years ago, and the Islanders turned around quickly. So you have to wait and see. I, I it, it could be. I don't know if the Islanders are going to get any better. Better, uh, but I mean, there's there's possibility. But I mean. They didn't look that great last season. So, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. Do we have our special guest today? Yeah, let me see if I can get him. Hold getting, on a second. Getting Mike shy. So let's see. Um, but yeah, like if, if you haven't already. Oh, by the way, before we bring our special guest, big news next week, uh, hopefully for Orange and Backcheck. We're obviously up in the press box again this year. Uh, we will be at uh, most of the games, hopefully. Um Love to hear from you. Love to chat with you. If you're coming to the game, let us know on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're you're able to reach us at Obackcheck at Orange Backcheck Podcast. We'll be at the games this year. It's going to be great. I think we're going to be there on Saturday against Vancouver uh, for our first game of the year. Um, obviously, the Devils are the first season opener, so that'll be fun. But we'll see how it goes. Um, let us know. But if you don't, make sure you are. If you're not going to the game, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, shoot us an email, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. You can get all of our news stories th- that way. Um, and this is this is going to be a, a lot. This is going to be a fun season in our own right. Our, our special guest is a little Mike shy, so that's okay. But uh, it was going to be Sawyer uh, again, who had, so he wanted to provide his own hot take and, and discussion on what, how the Flyers are going to get. I don't, don't do. want to spoil it because I, I asked him earlier today. He doesn't want to come talk right now. But I was extremely impressed when I asked him a question about the division, and he gave well, me the answer. Let's hold off. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's, we'll see if let's he wants to do it next to, week. Yeah, let's. We'll, we'll we'll keep our audience in suspense on what Sawyer's prediction is for the Flyers and the mystery team. Uh, who's going to do better? And, and so I'm excited. Major, and we have a major announcement next week too. Major announcement next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you are following us on all the social platforms. Rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple. Um, that is huge success for the podcast. Um, thank you so much for listening. This is going to be a season that we just plow through together. Like, that's really how it's going to go. And if they make the playoffs like Scott is so keen on, yay. We'll we'll latch on and say yay. Scott was right and go from there. Like, that's really all I can do. Um, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following us, like I said. And we'll talk to you next week. Big announcement next week on Orange and Backcheck. I do. <laughs> 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 <laughs>